0: This is the Galaxy Wars Podcast with your host, The Greys. Hey guys, before we get into the episode, we just wanted to let you know that both Tom and I do not want to spoil Thor Ragnarok, so if you haven't seen the movie, there may be potential spoilers at the 40 minute mark, so if you haven't seen the movie, and you don't want to be spoiled, but stop listening after 40 minutes. All right, guys, enjoy our episode. Greetings and welcome to mission number 17 of the Galaxy Wars podcast. And we are your host, The Grace. And for this episode, we are leaving the Doctor Who, Star Trek, Star Wars universe and entering a universe that we've alluded to that we are fans of the Marvel universe as we are going to talk about the Thor franchise from Marvel Studios, set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And Tom, you and I have been talking about it, but Marvel Studios is the very first North American film company to move into the $5 billion market.
1: Yeah, it's pretty amazing for a, a comic book company, essentially, to uh, to do that. Um,
0: and it started as an independent film company, which yeah. is crazy, because Iron Man was theoretically an independent film right Didn't have much backing
1: yeah and then dc bought them after the success of like iron man right
0: no disney did yeah disney i don't think dc's buying anything (laughs) they're buying zack snyder's lunch that's about it but to think about going in with your b players you don't have the x-men you don't have deadpool you don't have stuff like that and spider-man for the longest time to make five billion dollars is huge especially with a character like we're going to talk about today with thor yeah, who is essentially a grown man in a like a juicy couture vest and a helmet. So to trick
1: know. the trick people into believing that the Avengers are the cornerstone of, of the Marvel, which I mean, they're old timers and they've been around forever, and they do have you know great old guys like Thor the Hulk. I mean, they're all from 60s. Like everything is. Yeah, they're the classics. They really weren't. They were a pillar, but they weren't the biggest.
0: And they weren't even the first. Right, Fantastic Four being the first. Yeah. Team, so. so
1: and Fantastic Four are going because they they can't make any money.
0: They don't even make comics at Fantastic right. Four anymore. Well,
1: that's a big fu to
0: Fox or yeah. yeah, Fox owns them.
1: Say, well, you, try to make money if there's no comics. Yep. You know, which is good because I like the fact that they're Marvel's pushing the Marvel Comics is pushing. Comics first in yeah. that kind of way. Like yeah, I know it, it's ultimately about they want to make and they want to incorporate everything into their cinematic universe, but they're you know they're really standing by the, the you know without comics you don't make money without yeah. comics you don't make good movies
0: yeah and they're really taking away the X Men the writing for the X Men has right. kind of changed and the only one that I think they're they're never going to be able to touch is Deadpool
1: yeah yeah he because, doesn't
0: fit the Disney pillars
1: no. And which is good, you yeah.
0: Know. Oh, could you imagine a Disney Deadpool movie? <laughs> it would be it would be Howard the Duck And up I'll And say,
1: I'll say this uh, as a dad, it's easier for me to go see. And I I love Deadpool, and I got to see it. And really, no one ever tells me not to go watch a movie. Yeah. But it's easier for me to take the kids to go see a movie. And I wasn't going to take Deadpool to go see. Yeah, you or can't. take the kids to go see Deadpool's Yeah, but, you, uh, you certainly can. But uh, like. This is PG thirteen. It's easy for me to take the kids and yep. go. So yeah, I you, do like that aspect of it. Yeah.
0: So let's let's get into Thor because Thor Ragnarok's out now. We both saw it. So at the end of the episode, we'll do a spoiler free as much as we can uh, <laughs> summary review or whatever. But how do you think Thor fits into the Marvel Cinematic Universe? He he's a uh, he, he's
1: important bring everything to tie everything together yeah because he's not earthbound he's not ter- he's not terrestrial so you know all these other guys like the event most of the avengers are all terrestrial and earthbound and they haven't figured out a good way to travel in space yet yeah. so he's good to get to see the rest of you know other i don't know i don't know Well, I guess that they're saying the Nine Realms are space in space in this. They're not different realities or different planes of existence. I guess they're saying it's space. Yeah. Which is different from some of the comics, at least. So, I guess they're getting to say that they're using him kind of like the Guardians to expand outward into the universe.
0: Yeah, he's the proof that there are greater threats than just ultron the the, right. the created robot i mean or we did Red see Storm. an
1: alien race invade but it it took a lot for them to get here but but look, and they
0: weren't that hard to beat and look who it took to bring them there yeah you know, it took loki so if you don't have right. loki you don't you know if you don't have thor you don't have loki so it's one of those things like he's the only god in the the cinematic universe that we have like based off of a god right mm-hmm. i mean ego was a comic god but thor is based on a religion like, yeah, the mythology of, for the Norse tradition. So you have all that, and to incorporate him into a group of like spandex clad superheroes, that you know, it, it's pretty big. Yeah, yeah. And the lore to go back and like to touch on that and to get it right is really hard too, because you can't you, know, you mess it up, yeah. you're gonna alienate a group of people.
1: Yeah, well, I think just without ever talking to uh, uh, someone that follows the Norse you're not a big traditions, Viking. I, I, hey, I like Vikings. I think they're awesome. I probably have some in my lineage somewhere. I hope we have some
0: in our <laughs> listeners. That would be fantastic.
1: <laughs> but I don't. I don't think they're holding Thor to too big of a standard. Like, yeah, they're not praying no. to Thor anymore. No, the god of birch trees.
0: <laughs> so it's it's it's. I don't know. I think he fits perfectly because we we've talked about it before. He's kind of like the audience too, because he yeah. it, his movies explain so much more than just Captain. Like Captain America gave you. This is who Red Skull is. This is who the Winter Soldier is. Like he's my friend. That and that. But with Thor, you're getting this is how it happens. This is why it happens. There's deeper stories, and you know, for for me, Thor is one of my favorite franchises. I like what they did with it, and we'll we'll talk more about it. But
1: well, and to point something else out, um, we are a sci-fi podcast, and this wasn't originally. it was never really it didn't start out science fiction, yeah. but this last uh, th- this uh, the Ragnarok Ragnarok was very science fiction. Yeah, they, very. Well, like, there was
0: maybe like four minutes of uh, Earth,
1: right? But not only that, but spaceships and foreign worlds mm-hmm. and uh, te- more t- more like things that look magic but are actually technology and stuff like that. So there was um. A surprising amount of of science and science fiction and technology yeah. in it. So
0: yeah, when you're looking at it, there's less humans in this yeah. in this movie than there were in any of the other Thor movies, which is great. So we can kind of we'll review the first two movies, and then we'll go into a little preview for <coughs> Ragnarok, and then our review of Ragnarok. Thor comes comes out in 2011. Kenneth Branagh movie, it's very Shakespearean, right? Yeah. I yeah mean, for for Kenneth Branagh that's his background his plays and
1: yeah uh
0: he's a stage actor right
1: yeah they they it was a lot of hats and these and thous, but uh I think they appropriately kind of pushed that all away to the wayside and,
0: yeah they could have really made it like a very cheesy movie yeah and it had so overall what did you think of the movie
1: First one was great. Second one's mm, uh, okay. Let's talk about the first one. I really like the first one. I was excited to see it. Um, the only thing I'll say about the first one is I think it gets. Uh, we can go spoilers on the first one. I mean, yeah, it's
0: six years ago. Yeah,
1: it it there's there's it's slow and the payoff wasn't that great for me. Like um, the destroyer, yeah, wasn't. The bad guy, I would have liked to see. It was more about the background, of the story, and
0: fitting him into, yeah. The it Avengers. was it
1: was fun, it, about you know not shoehorning, but kind of shoehorning him into the Avengers and Shield and all that. So that's the only thing I have to say. Like I liked it. I liked that he was there, but it it it, it wasn't really about him. It was about the overall theme.
0: Yeah, and it you know you had uh, Coulson was in it, and yeah. the first appearance of Hawkeye, and then you don't really spend a lot of time at Asgard. It, yeah. it seems like they weren't just they didn't know where they and were it, going with that. A part. lot of
1: Jane Foster.
0: Ugh, too much Jane Foster. We'll get to her. But, but yeah, the, the destroyer you, you send them down to what? Like Phoenix? Yeah. I and, guess,
1: or somewhere in Arizona. Yeah, so
0: they're in Arizona and the destroyer comes down. You know, it should have been more about the frost giants. Like yeah. I feel like that should have like you the whole point of it is you're establishing that Loki's a frost giant and that's what like that's how right. it's in Asgard. And then you kind of dismiss it for a while, and then it goes back. So keep it to one threat, then yeah. have the subtle story building later. Well,
1: keep it for to one threat if you're building a character, yeah. and you really want to make it about him. And you know, at this point, we're we're arguing over a movie that, at its lowest, could be called a six out of ten. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. I guess you know it's. It's not in any way a bad movie. It's not in any way a boring movie. I saw it and I saw it a couple times like all of them. So.
0: Yeah. Great cast. Yeah.
1: It, it just, you know, we're we got to find something good and bad about it. And that's yeah. my only quip is like it wasn't it was called Thor but didn't feel like Thor.
0: Yeah, and this is kind of the the start of Chris Hemsworth becoming a comedic relief for the yeah. the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where he's he's drunk and he's throwing the the coffee on the, the glass on the ground. He's like, "I'll have another." I, I love. I've said it before. I love that scene, and we're actually seeing that he's the strongest of the Avengers with his triceps. Yeah, I know we're going There's gonna be a lot of Chris Hemsworth arm talk from me in this episode because Ragnarok blew me away. Yeah, he's,
1: he he uh, he. If he could somehow, he got bigger for this. Right?
0: So. And he, he made it known that he got bigger. Because every yeah. time you see him, he's just flexing.
1: Yeah, like, he just did 15 push... Or like, well, for him, he probably did, like, 100 push-ups His fore-
0: for the scene. His forearm muscle is bigger than my entire arm. <laughs> like, just looking at it, and I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm... I felt fatter than I've ever felt watching Chris Hemsworth in Thor. This this that's oh, terrible. But I feel like the, the first one gets a, a bad rep because it was it was different. It was the first right. one in space. Guardians hadn't happened yet it's from Kenneth Brana it's kind of the shakespearean tones you know it's
1: that's uh and we're kind of t- we've talked before about marvel takes chances and you know they they're ga- they're a gambler now yeah. like, and cuz they for some reason can't lose uh, for whatever whatever they do works in a way yeah i mean they're making billions and billions and billions of dollars on ideas that they've put out they started 60 years ago, and they have an endless supply, almost, of ideas. Yeah, and dir- so they can gamble, and Kenneth Branagh is kind of a big gamble. Good actor, probably a good director, don't know much about what he's done, but...
0: Yeah, really, I only know Thor. Yeah. And I'm sure I've seen more of his movies, but I just... Before the before starting podcasts, I never looked into directors. Yeah. So it was just like, now I'm like, oh, I have to look back into it, but I know Kenneth Branagh. I know him from yeah. the Harry Potter franchise, yeah, exactly. and he was great in that, but didn't realize he was a director. Yeah. And he put out a pretty good Marvel movie.
1: Yeah, I thought so. And, and it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily, I don't think all the Thors deserve the, like the vitriol they get. Like, yeah. They get beat up a lot.
0: They're but, top, top 10 for me.
1: Yeah, I never, I'll, I'll have to figure that
0: out. I put them before the, the entire Iron Man franchise. And that started everything. Yeah. And Iron know, Man one was great. That was a great origin story. Iron Man 2, not so good. No, 2 and 3 are bad. Three is probably the worst movie they've put out. Yeah. And if you, you to go back on to your, your point about uh, risks and taking directors that really don't have that much credit, they centered their universe around Jon Favreau. He was the one who started it.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Jon Favreau.
0: The only thing he had before that was what? Um, Race to Witch Mountain or Zephora yeah. or something like that? And, uh,
1: yeah, with The Rock.
0: Yeah, and then Swingers. Yeah. So you have... Two movies that Swingers was like—that's a cult movie, I guess. Yeah. That uh, Race to Witch Mountain, not a cult movie, not good at all. <laughs> and then he comes in and he just blows it away. And now he's doing the Lion King and Jungle Book, and he's putting out movies that I really enjoy. So yeah, yeah, they they definitely take risks. We'll go into the Dark World, which is probably top five for me as about Marvel movies, but. That's probably the the least favorite. That goes on the bottom for most. Yeah, people. a lot
1: of people hate the dark. I I, I thought it was better. Yeah. I actually thought it was a more up tempo. It, it was more exciting to watch.
0: More story building, darker. Yeah. It was certainly darker.
1: I, I liked the bad guys better. I thought the dark elves were great.
0: Yeah, they were cool. Des- like really cool design. I've said it before in podcasts that I want Malaketh's hair, <laughs> that that long ponytail braid. And you know, I said we weren't going to venture into it, but. The Ninth Doctor is our villain.
1: Yeah, Chris Eccleson is is the bad guy,
0: and he was runner up for that role. It was Matt Mickelson yeah. who was supposed to get it. Moved into Doctor Strange, pretty cool. And we still get good, though.
1: with the Dark Elves, and slightly with the the first Thor, we start seeing that Odin isn't all that great. Yeah, he's not like he's not the golden example everybody you know holds him up as. Uh, well, at least Thor and, and Loki and and Frey Frigga. Frigga. <laughs>
0: I liked Freya more than I liked uh, Odin.
1: Well, yeah, she
0: fights more. Yeah, she's got a badass fights fight, uh, fight yeah. style too for her neighbor, So
1: I would say like th- that's what I like. It, it's it's pulling the curtain back on, on and saying you know, Odin's been kind of a jerk. Yeah, just you know, and he has this. Odin likes to banish people, and. Well, when they come back, they don't know about the millions of years of good stuff he's done. It's all about, you know...
0: What he did that yeah. to them.
1: He banished them, and when they come back, he's like, yeah, but he's great. Yeah. Well, he wasn't great when he banished me, and I don't know about those things. So. Exactly,
0: and Thor doesn't know who Odin really is, and Loki doesn't know who Odin yeah. really is. And with the Dark World, you know, the inclusion of the Dark Elves was great. You got a an origin story for them. You got a more of an origin story for the Dark Elves than you did the Frost Giants. Yeah. And... You explored more planets in the dark world. You know the scene where he's um, he's beating up one of the stone men of Saturn. Yep, and he swings Mjolnir and knocks him out. Another great scene. But you know you're going to Hogan's planet, and they go through like it's it's just so much planet well, world building, and
1: they yeah. had to they're introducing how big their world is. It's yep. only nine realms or whatever, but they have to point it out. This is how big our world is. Yeah, and that's a good thing. You know we need that.
0: I think the nine realms should have been explained in the first one, because the second one we get the nine realms, and now it's going to invade Earth. Mm-hmm. And it, this was very heavily influenced well, on. Well, that's the, what <clears throat> on Jane Foster.
1: I yeah, mm. but I, I guess they with the first one they 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 couldn't because they wanted to make sure we knew who the guy was. And then we could play around with his backstory and play around with his his uh, rogues gallery, I guess yeah. you can call it. And I think that's what they wanted to do.
0: They, they make it seem like he doesn't have like great enemies yeah you know like the only enemy is Loki cause he Lo- Tom Hiddleston's Loki is highlighted in every single movie right and you and I have talked about it and I've talked about it on my other podcast that you know Tom Hiddleston breaks the mold for Marvel villains they're all dead yeah And, and spoiler alert for every Marvel movie the, all, all the villains die right so to have him live and then his role in Ragnarok it, it's one, they really like Tom Middleton, and you know.
1: Well, he, he's a great character, and he plays it great. But I think, uh, I think overall, they make him kind of weak by being wishy-washy about him. Yeah. By not, like, how how do you trust him?
0: Yeah, you want at this point, like, you want to re- you want him to redeem himself or try to. Yeah, but you know that it's absolutely never going to happen.
1: Yeah, and everybody knows it. Like, like even Thor the, knows it. Yeah,
0: even at the end when they do the the really cool scene. They do the really cool scene where he he's cutting off his hand, he cuts off Thor's hand like magically makes it look like it's cut off, and then like the the fight with the cursed and and everything like that it's, it's really cool. But then you get the end where he he's Odin now yeah he's banished Odin and he's he's on the throne of uh, of Asgard. So he's he want to root for him, and the women certainly want to root for him because they love him. Yeah. But he auditioned initially for Thor.
1: That's ridiculous.
0: Could you imagine him? If-
1: he's well he can't. I don't know what kind of shape he's in. He's probably in great shape. Yeah. he's not in 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 he's Chris not, Hemsworth he, shape.
0: He's certainly not a Hemsworth because <laughs> he would be like me trying to get in my best shape <laughs> to play Thor, and I'd still look like like a manorexic. Yeah, but perfect for Loki and Chris Hemsworth and and everybody else is pretty perfect for for the.
1: Well, the thing is, everybody besides uh, uh, Frigga is English and, so, and well, Australian. Yeah, okay. like. I don't understand in the first movie why they didn't just say talk with your regular accents like
0: you know I listened to a podcast with Jamie Alexander on it who plays Sif mm-hmm. and she said that the accents had changed dramatically from the Kenneth Branagh to the oh next yeah one they definitely did because she was she was speaking in like a upper class English accent for Kenneth Branagh and then the other director comes in like it's slipping in my mind who directed Dark World but she also said that. They made her completely change the accent based on Tom Hiddleston's acting. They wanted to use his true accent as the template for okay. everybody else. And the, you know, you you have Zachary Levi who probably can't do an English <laughs> accent, and Jamie Alexander's from Texas, and right. she's got a, a Southern drawl. And then you have. Um, Malkith with the he's got a really different yeah, type of accent. Apparently
1: he's from the poor side of
0: London or whatever. Yeah, and you got Idris who has a different accent. So there's a bunch of different accents in the in the movie. And to take it like Jamie Alexander was saying that they spent so much time with Tom Hiddleston just having them say words like <laughs> Apple and like knives and swords and stuff like that. So they could get a lot of lessons from yeah, it. Yeah, all
1: right. Well that's what I was thinking is really the only one that's gotta change it is 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 thor yeah but he doesn't really change that much it still seems like he's his accent's a little bit different than everybody else's so
0: yeah and you know it's it's another world it's another planet and right you can you can get away with different accents because they are not from earth (coughs) so they can speak in different accents and like
1: uh what's uh the the three what's
0: uh uh, uh ray stevenson no the, the, H- Hogan yeah Hogan the, the, the Japanese guy he's the Japanese guy like yeah, where'd like, he come from yeah. that well he's from that other planet that we uh, saw yeah true uh, yeah. J- Jodenheim is the planet of the Frost Shines but he was the one where in Dark World where the Snowman of Saturn was and he yeah, smashed yeah. him up okay what do you what do you think about the the planets that were featured in both movies was it a good explanation of them did we spend too much time on earth or could we have gotten more in I don't space?
1: Know, I think we could have got a little bit more like uh, w- like I was saying I didn't I was trying to figure out if they change things from the comics cuz they do and they make it it's more streamlined for television or for movies but I wasn't sure if it was like uh like planes of existence or reality or was it um worlds
0: Yeah like is Asgard a planet? Yeah. Cuz uh, initially that's You know, we were going to do a two-part Thor uh, series where this was going to be... We were going to do a planet building, world building of Asgard. But traditionally, it's just a... It's It's like realm Because they they
1: say realm, and I didn't really... They could have... I think they could have cleaned that up. And I'm, I'm, you know, speculating a lot about what they were doing. But what I think they were doing was they... Hadn't they? They wanted to come out with Guardians. They want to they you know see how the aliens play and see how traveling to different worlds play. But I think before they they did that, they wanted you know this was kind of a primer, an introduction yeah. to that idea of of how things are going to work out. And yeah. Yeah, if willing, if if the same audience that that likes the Avengers is willing to go that far,
0: yeah, and yeah. it really didn't. They still haven't explained if asgard is a planet or just a a plane of existence even in ragnarok but i'm gonna go with it's a planet because of how closely connected like the other realms were and they were certainly planets so like jodenheim was a another realm okay but they said they were going to the planet of jodenheim which is
1: yeah i guess you're right or the world or yeah yeah,
0: maybe planet and jodenheim's probably my favorite of the planets that we've seen yeah i feel like i wouldn't sweat there (laughs) and i would fit right in because i'm tall so it was perfect, and we got to see some really cool creatures. the the war The war between the Asgardians and and the Frost Giants was really cool. Then we saw right. then we saw where uh, the Dark Elves came from, and you know they transported Malekith to different worlds through there.
1: Well, I I like I, if you if you just sit down and rationalize and think about Asgard and Thor, you're talking about a planet full of gods, or if they were on. Earth, they would all be gods. Exactly, that's even bigger than Superman. You know, Superman by himself was changed when he came to Yellow Sun. That's not like Krypton wasn't like that. They were just smart. This is a whole entire like civilization and world that are bigger, faster, stronger, more resilient. Yep, just uh, looking to get out, smarter. and mess people up, and that's yeah, and and they just want to fight everybody. That's just that's who Asgard is, and it's. I think they did a good job in the movies of making them have enemies that can hurt them and are just as strong.
0: Yeah, because the Dark Elves were probably the strongest threat that we've seen in yeah, any movie be- definitely. besides Thanos at this point Yeah, because they came in and they destroyed Asgard and that's when you kind of get that sci-fi feeling with the Dark Elves because they're, they're traveling in with ships, they're, they're cloaking devices and yeah. the different worlds. And and it wasn't
1: magic, it was all things like yeah. technology and they didn't call it technology, but they didn't they didn't call it magic either. Really, right. they just it was you know.
0: Yeah, the most magical thing that we saw in the Dark World or in Thor, besides the Rainbow Bridge and the Bifrost, was um, the thing that Malkith puts in the uh, the other Dark Elf to turn him into the curse. In. Right, right, and yeah. that was that was it. And yeah, God, he. he well, was even like the crazy. Bifrost
1: is, and the Rainbow Bridge. It, it, it's got a key and then it, it shoots like a laser. We don't really know
0: what that is. Yeah. It's essentially beaming somebody. Right. Like beaming somebody it's like up. a
1: long distance beaming. And, you know, Thor Ragnarok, I think they. It was a really cool work, like what they've done with the, the Bifrost yeah. and how to use it. But, yeah, they don't ever really explain any of
0: it. So is Heimdall essentially the Scotty of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, <laughs> yeah. just beaming everybody <laughs> up. And yeah. it's such an underrated role for. For my man idris because and we'll get into we can get into the cast now but heimdall really didn't get a lot of love in the first two movies
1: no and i don't know what they the promise they made him idris elba uh but he's a, i mean heimdall is a thor caliber or like strength yeah. character he's maybe an, just under thor you could if you're gonna like rate them but
0: if they're gonna recruit anybody for the avengers from Asgard, it should be Heimdall. Yeah, he yeah. can see everything. You know, he can. There's some some other things that he can do that we saw in Ragnarok that we hadn't seen previously. Right. So, yeah, I think that he, he should be should have been part of the Avengers. Should have a right. bigger and
1: I, well, that's what I'm saying. Like on Asgard, he's he's a top tier Asgardian. Yep. Uh, as uh, you know, he's probably better than the three. He's probably stronger and better than than Sif and. So
0: at this point, in like in Odin's time though, at this point he's probably stronger than Odin. Yeah, because Odin's just sitting on the, the throne doing nothing. Right. So yeah, I I'm glad we got Idris Elba in there because he's fantastic. Yeah, you know the podcast listeners know our, <laughs> our stance on on Idris. But this is a and we're gonna get into the cast now. But this is a movie that or this is a series that has great actors, but most of them didn't want to proceed with either the second one or the third one. So you had Natalie Portman. Who didn't want to go in the second one uh, because Patty Jenkins dropped out. Right. But they forced her like, listen, you have a contract. Get your ass into the studio (laughs) and you're going to record. So she she did her thing. She's not in Ragnarok. It's great. (laughs) You have Idris who didn't want to be in Ragnarok. Chris Hemsworth was getting tired of his role as Thor. Um, Anthony Hopkins didn't want to play um, Odin. So you're getting the only person who pretty much loved his role was Tom Hiddleston because <laughs> he's he's working. And it's gotten him to do the Night Manager and all these other movies. Right. So,
1: oh, well, yeah, and Tom Hiddleston, he's he's probably got the the least reins on him. Like he's able to do more. Like Loki's a cool guy. Like yeah. he, he he's always different. He's never he could do whatever he wants. He act however he wants. It, it's part of the characters to be mischievous and 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 weird so yeah. I, I i think that's a fun he can have fun doing it yeah so. he's like
0: a cross between the joker and the riddler yeah and i don't know if they were prepared for the pop- popularity of loki and how quickly like his stock rose <clears throat> because he could have been a one off and like all right this is it but like
1: i he- think a lot of that shows in that, like that might be why he is able to you know they write him and they say okay well loki's going to turn on everybody and you know Potentially kill everybody, yeah. But then we got to bring him back, and that might be it. Is that's because people love Tom Hiddleston and, and his Loki.
0: Yeah, and there's probably yeah. communities on social media that are out there defending every time that Loki's turned on <laughs> Thor or on Earth, and just like listen, I love Tom Hiddleston and Loki. They could, it's okay. He brought the Shatari to yeah. Earth. He's fine, and he he's the he's the linchpin going forward in the future too, because you don't know how he's going to factor in with Thanos. And yeah, there's a and we can. We can all talk, We can do a whole episode on just Thanos in the future, but he is the linchpin to everything. But the core cast of the of the films. What do you think? Uh, if you
1: close your eyes real tight and you think of Thor, you are probably going to at some point land on a picture of uh, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Um, and he, I know he was like real thin, but he was always tall, and he 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 is a good looking man.
0: He's like Momoa like yeah. he was thin tall and then got ripped.
1: Yeah. Like he got super superhero jacked. He's on that superhero diet.
0: I want to be on that diet. Like that's <laughs> a diet I want to find and
1: It's called money and protein. That's yeah,
0: you know because it's not on muscleandfitness.com <laughs> and it's not on men's health because believe me, I've searched for them uh, all.
1: Yeah, you know, and we heaped all our praises on Tom Hiddleston, he's great. But like Chris Hemsworth, I think uh he gets it. It's yeah. it's supposed. I think he got it more in Ragnarok than he ever did before. Like just be funny, yeah, just and you see you. all those, uh, those those skits and oh, the shorts. They're so great. Yeah, him and like, his roommate. You could tell he's getting it, and that's what he wants to do. And you know,
0: we saw it in like movies like Vacation and the Ghostbusters, where he's just the funny dude. Like right, the movies that he was in that weren't that were too serious, like Black Hat and Rush. They didn't do well. No. But when he does movies where he's himself, he's in his skin, you get the true Chris Hemsworth.
1: Well, maybe his comedic career is going to be hampered by the fact that he looks like a model. Yeah. Like, he's never going
0: He's beautiful <laughs> he's and he's funny. <laughs>
1: he's too good looking to be taken, to, to be laughed at. Yeah. Um, but, uh... May you know I I thought he's I think he's good for it and you know he put in the effort he put in the time it's what we said about you know uh, you know whenever they give away Oscars they give it away for effort well yeah. you could tell these guys are putting in tons of effort tons of time you know trying to learn the source material and getting out there
0: and you would think that with the, the way that the the award shows go and the way that the world is now that superhero movies we get nominated yeah they like, they're killing the box office. They have a strong following. More people are seeing a bad Fantastic Four than they're going to see uh, Moonlight, right? Or the Artist, or stuff like that. Well, oh, get- not
1: only that; these are critically acclaimed. now. Yeah. they're not just fanboys. Yeah, I don't. Think- these are critically acclaimed, and the movies. Uh, people might be getting tired of the genre. Oh well, get over it. Yeah, people were getting tired of sci-fi back in the '80s. People were getting tired. Of fantasy and people were, you know, the detective story is going. Yeah. Nobody wants to see that
0: anymore. Westerns are are gone. Right.
1: Sometimes you get tired of the genre, but it's going to stick around for a while.
0: Yeah. Get used to it. Yeah. And no Marvel movie, I don't think, is dipped below fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. No, oh,
1: I've never. I don't think I've seen anything. Well,
0: the lowest one I think is Thor: uh, Thor: Dark World at sixty six. Okay. But then you get Ragnarok that comes out and it's thirty points higher than thirty percent right. higher than <clears throat> its predecessor. So, you know, the core cast perfect yeah and for as far as the award shows we're going to reinvent it because yeah. we're going to do an episode <laughs> that it's going to be a crossover it's going to be the first galaxy wars active geek po- podcast crossover as we do the the active geek awards
1: we might have to give away like two years worth of award just to to make sure that we uh right get all our favorite movies in there
0: the winner of the <laughs> the best action film in 2012 was, I don't know, what was it, Thor? Thor. We yeah. Thor. <laughs> so the core cast, I think they, they struck gold on. Every character was perfect. Even Jane Foster. Yeah. Uh, they well, spotlighted on her a lot, but she's the lowest lane of the DC, uni- or Marvel universe.
1: It's easy for, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Natalie Portman? Yeah, Natalie Portman to play smart female lead. Smart, strong female lead.
0: Yeah, doesn't she have like a degree from Harvard?
1: Yeah. She, because that's you know who she really is. Yep. So it's not so you know it's not so crazy to think that she's able and capable to pull these things off. Jane Foster doesn't have until you know they're not including her Thor storyline. Thank God. It's you know so she doesn't have to do a ton. She doesn't have to do a lot of heavy lifting.
0: Just have to be love interest.
1: Yeah, and but not a damsel. And yeah. she didn't play a damsel. I didn't think she was.
0: Really no, I don't played. think so either. And I think that the the one gripe i have is they focus too much on the love aspect because yeah. it was very space romeo and juliet between the two of them and they neglected <laughs> the love love between sif and thor because like traditionally they're together yeah well i i think they dropped the ball with sif
1: yeah me too uh, but and alexander's moved on
0: yeah but i think she she loves that like she wanted to be part of it
1: yeah and, and maybe she will in the future because where was she? Yeah, well, maybe, anyway, maybe uh-huh. she comes
0: back in Avengers: Infinity War. Yeah. I mean, that would be we need as much help as possible in that. So I say we because like we're <laughs> I'm, us being fans, hey, we're invested. I'm I'm
1: fifty dollars. Well, fifty dollars every time a movie comes out. Like yeah, <laughs> so.
0: we're Movies that we are not streaming illegally. No, so it's one like they're pull you out. Like I saw it opening night. Yeah,
1: true on it, Thursday. Yeah, I saw it yesterday, but. Uh, you know, Cat Dennings was great I love in Kat the Dennings. original. Uh, Scar'sguard is great. Uh, he, I like his from him being, you know, the professor to the wacky professor. Yep. I like. I think he's a great. You know, I think he's a
0: great actor. Yeah, even Zach Levi and Ray Stevenson. Like everybody was really good in this. They get yeah. they're they're able to get really good actors for the Marvel movies, and we see it more with Ragnarok too, which we'll we'll get to in a minute. How much? Do you feel Marvel did with how, how? How do you feel about Marvel doing sci-fi movies in, in terms of Thor Guardians? <clears throat> do you think they they con- their? Well, so
1: far, I and mean, without giving too much away, Ragnarok is primarily a sci-fi movie, and Guardians is too. Yeah. Sci-fi in the sense that, like, it's not hard sci-fi. It's not The Martian where you're getting statistics yeah. and, and and charts and things like that. It's it's they're in spaceships, they're in space, you know show the effects of some of the things that they have to do. And, you know, like, what I mean is, you never see the effects of what people going through warp look like. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the um, there's a couple movies, that there, there's a couple books and a couple TV shows out now where, you know, they, they can't go past a certain amount of Gs or it has an effect on your body, yeah. so you can never, you know, before you figure something out, you can't go towards light speed. So... Show, they do show that kind of stuff. They do show the effects of their world around them. And and then they have some cool tech. That's really all you need to do yeah. to pull off science fiction. Is be more science than fantasy. And then, you know, yeah, you just- get slapped with science fiction. And I think their hard sci-fi shows, which was Guardians and Thor, oddly enough, Thor, yeah. have done a great job of it. And it looks, from from the previews, like... Uh, Black Panther is going to be a sci-fi sh- movie too. Yeah, because that they, well, Iron Man is, but I I think even more than Iron Man, I think Thor pulls it off, and I, I like the aesthetic. They saw that like the '80s and the early '90s aesthetic worked with Guardians, yeah. and I they think they stuck with that with Thor in a way. Oh, Absolutely,
0: and yeah. I think that's what they're going to do in Marvel does phases, but Phase Four. James Gunn is in charge of, yeah, and he reinvented the the cosmic universe with Guardians. And if you think about what you said about going through warp, remember in Guardians two, Yondu and Rocket going through, yeah, like the, going too fast. That's and how, Yeah, they, they're started. affected yeah. by whatever. That was gold. Yeah, that was gold in that show so, or that movie, and it was funny. But
1: yeah. they were affected by the you know whatever technology was was you know being put on them. So
0: yeah, I agree with everything you said, and just. You know the additional world building and yeah. uh, race building with you know you you're even getting you're getting the frost giants and the dark elves and then you had the kree and Ch- Chitari and everything like that just building into that. Yeah. Even when you're in Ragnarok, you're the sicarians now. So right. you're, you're able to really build planets and and people. Yeah. So you, I think they captured the true essence I think, of sci-fi.
1: Well, we'll talk about Ragnarok when we talk about Ragnarok, but
0: we can talk about Ragnarok now. Right. We're at
1: that point well I think uh I don't think it's too big of a secret and not, not a spoiler that they used aspects
0: of uh planet Hulk yeah in this. um yeah because Marvel can't Marvel can't do planet Hulk movies Hulk standalone movies because yeah. paramount or Universal still owns the rights which to which is fine Hulk.
1: because what they did was great yeah it was hilarious it was fun to watch it was a a, a buddy movie like I've never seen a buddy movie but it was like Bill and Ted, t- and <laughs> it was like Bill and Ted
0: between Hulk yeah. and Thor.
1: So I, I really like what they did, and but I really like the planet Sakar. Like they changed a lot about it, the story, and but they made it fit into the, the you know the universe that they're creating, that they're working on. Yeah, not the comic book, Uh you know they're they're definitely. Separating they're they're pulling further and further away from the comic books and this is as far as they've gotten, you know, it's it's a it's a storyline that takes stuff from the comics, but they you know it's it's a lot further away from than the rest of their 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 movies from the comics. But it I think they did a great job with it and yeah. it was real fun to watch.
0: I agree too. The 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 parts of Sakaar, which in the movie is a lot of time we spent a lot of time there. Yeah. That could be a standalone movie in its own. Like, the Grandmaster could have his own movie. Yeah. Like, the building of the Grandmaster. And the Grandmaster was played by Jeff Goldblum, who was perfect. Yeah. He was a win. Yeah. And he was, he's such a goofy dude, like a weird, nutty person.
1: Yeah. Jeff Goldblum only plays Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. He doesn't do anything else. I've always seen Jeff Goldblum act like this in all his movies yeah. like I've even, never seen him act like anybody else
0: even his hotels.com commercials he is stratic- <laughs> he is he is just strictly Jeff goldblum but just with and I'm trying not to spoil the movie because it's so fresh in my brain but yeah. just the the Planet Hulk this is the beginning of a three part arc for Mark Ruffalo's right.
1: Hulk right this is his plan this is basically his World War yeah. Hulk Planet Hulk uh and It was amazing.
0: Yeah. and Gladiator Hulk and just those scenes were good the the way that they they incorporated Sakar into the universe and what it stands for and what it was it wasn't just the fighting pit like that's where right. everything went like it was it was a, it was a hub yeah for it was like your truck stop yeah you got everything you wanted you can get scraps you can get fights you can get boosts the way that they
1: um played with the reality the, the things that the reality of Sakar and how how reality works there because of all the, the you know their position in space. I yeah. hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. like the things that go on around it, that mess with reality. I like that. I think that was pretty cool. It's like Vegas. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. <Like>, car was. <laughs> it was like the
0: Wild West and Vegas. You know, there there are no rules, but there are rules if you if you know what I'm saying. Like, you right. can do whatever you want as long as it doesn't disturb the the peace of the Grandmaster. But whatever happens here stays here. Mainly, you're gonna stay here. <laughs> so just bringing that into it was really good. Even bringing in in Hella and that whole storyline. She was great. Yeah. The best I've... I told Chelsea when we left, I was like, I've never found Cape Blanchett attractive until she had black hair, a spandex suit, and a fake um, helmet on.
1: Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, the the Cape Blanchett stuff looked... She looked great. She was attractive. Yeah. But, like... Scary. Yeah, scary and freaky and, like, you know, pulls more of that curtain back. Uh, It changes the... In the comic books, and I think in the lore, she's Loki's daughter. Yes, yes, and so
0: is the wolf. Yep, the Fenris wolf is a a descendant of Loki. The Fenris
1: wolf and her are brother and sister, but they changed some of that in the movie.
0: Yeah, because in the in the comics, the their sister is Angela. Right, and Angela. I don't know if they have rights to her yet, because she's a uh, she's Neil Gaiman character oh uh, okay so she might oh she's a
1: crossover with
0: with uh because she, she debuted in uh not spawn but one of the one of the neil gaiman yeah. comics and and atomic farland I mean, it might have been spawn but angela would have been amazing for this but hella was amazing <laughs> yeah she was perfect for it and to get an actress like Kate blanchett to be the first female villain in the marvel cinematic universe right. and to totally embrace it because she had they didn't have a helmet i was reading like oh, really? that was all cgi That transition. So she was completely doing like she had like the green screen, uh, green screen shit on her head, like the mocap, and it wasn't that helmet. So she was doing all the acting with the helmet on,
1: by Uh, her just pretending it was there, just getting an idea of how big it was.
0: Yeah, I liked
1: her. I really, I, and like you were saying, like now I go back and I look at Cape Blanchett and I'm like, yeah, I could see it. Yeah, she's attractive, but she was more attractive with like the the smoky makeup and. The crazy and the spandex spandex and the helmet and all that, so yeah, it
0: I like it, it was a good look. <laughs> it seems to that's where my mind gravitates to now because I don't find any duchesses that she plays hot, <laughs> but when she plays the goddess of death, I'm, I'm and all, she's small for it, yeah. i pledge my allegiance to her.
1: How many we are, many Oscars, Oscar winners into this, like everybody. like, well, you have uh, what's his name playing uh, Odin Anthony Hawkins. Yep. Ben Benedict Cumberbatch is in there. Martin no, Freeman, no huge spoiler, yeah. So, yeah, there, there's a lot of Oscar-winning actors that are playing parts, and not huge parts, not leads. Well, I mean, Cate Blanchett's case, yeah, yeah she and is, Natalie but, Portman, yeah, Natalie Portman. So, it's it's drawing the right attention, and people are seeing, you know. And as that number, that five billion dollars, gets bigger and yeah. bigger, and its reach gets bigger. Like, I guess it it is the, it should be, the goal of comics to get to this point. Yeah. Because I mean, as much as I love comic books, and I always will love comic books, it it, it physical papers and 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 you know things to hold in your hand are becoming scarce. Yeah. Uh, so as things get digitized and as things go that direction, it's nice to have these these pretty grand stories out there to, to go and reference and say, you know, it wasn't always that way, but, you know, like, you know, Binks, in his case, this is what he knows of, of the Marvel. Yep. And then anything he reads is going to be different. So it, it's important that they get these movies right, because this is the foundation for, like, new generations. Yeah, it's
0: shaping the future. Yeah, And to capture something like Ragnarok, which isn't just, it's not a a fictional thing, that was believed to have happened in the Norse tradition, and for that to adapt into the falling of Asgard, and that's what they were, that's what they're going for with Ragnarok, it's just the, it's an apocalyptic movie without saying it's, there were apocalypse. Yeah. And they could have done that. There were apocalypse, people would have still seen it, but they really captured, like they captured the Norse mythology of it, and you're (laughs) going to learn something about it too, because there's... There's more, like there's deeper layers to just Hella, and we're not gonna, like, we can't spoil it because that. So just bringing in everything into the the, the world, it, it's perfect, I think. Yeah,
1: I I think that yeah, uh, not no, like, and the way they used Hella to uh, explain away some of Odin's mistakes, yeah, and to they needed Hella to you know be buried away for a while and, and I like the way they did that how they brought her into it and Heli, we all knew from the comics that Helly existed yeah. we all knew from mythology that Hella existed and we all knew that you know she's just about as powerful as Odin in the comic books yep. like they always say that like she kind of has the last say of things that go on in in Asgard yeah and even like when Thor invades Asgard in that that story, like she he has to fight Hela, and he's not strong enough to beat Hela. So and that's no spoiler, but it's important that that was out there. Like where you go, where are you putting her? Yeah, and, this, and she's important to the storyline, so she has to be brought out. And I think they did a great job of it.
0: Yeah, and if this is the last of the Thor standalone movies, it was a, a perfect way to end it. Right, and but it also gives you like. I want more now because you bring in a director like Taika Waititi, yeah. who I love saying his name, but <laughs> he knocked it out of the park.
1: He needs to be. He he needs to. And I always thought this: there should at some point be a like general council of directors that, that have final say on everybody else's movies. Like yeah. when they move into Avengers: Infinity War, I think. Taika Watiti should come in and say, "Okay, I'm okay with what you're doing with my character now. Thor's my character, exactly." Same John way. Favreau should be able to come in and say, "Iron Man's my my character, and I'm okay sense. with it. you know." And
0: Scott Erick, uh, Scott Derrickson comes in for right. Doctor Strange, yeah.
1: And I know that's crazy because you got to pay those people lots of money, but I'm just saying, like, but they haven't got it wrong yet. Yeah. Nobody's gotten it wrong, so. And
0: you know, I think if you bring, like, I'm sure the Russos who are directing the the Infinity Wars are like, "All right, this is what we're gonna do." Are you cool with it? Or would you like to consult on it? Yeah. So I agree. they There should they should be consultants on it. I think they are. Okay. I think well, they
1: probably, you know, you can give them a promotion credit or yeah. something to give them a point or two. You know? Yeah,
0: and I think that's... I think James Gunn's really heavily influenced in that, too. So. Okay. Yeah, I feel like... Yeah, well, he needs to be... You get the Marvel Illuminati of directors.
1: <laughs> yeah. James Gunn should be because he might be carrying the entire torch for Phase 4. Yeah, he is. Pretty much. I mean, everything... Uh, all of Phase Four is going to be space and aliens, almost,
0: and uh, we can do an episode on every one of them. Yeah, we can do a Ravager episode. Yeah,
1: yeah, now that it's it's science fiction, because that it is like it is a genre of itself. Now it's the it's a comic book movie. Yep. But people tend to like group comic book movies in with well, action is right, yeah, or fantasy, but fantasy doesn't. I mean, it fits some of them, but it, what, what? it, it is now more science fiction and fantasy.
0: Yeah, but like is is the Captain America movie going, or Black Panther going to be put up against um the new Gerard Butler action movie or like or Death Wish? Right. Like are they are they in the same lane?
1: Well, that's what I've been thinking about is over a relatively short amount of time, we have, you know, a new definition or a new genre, and it is comic book movie. Yep. Cuz we've had comic book movies before, they were whatever. But when you like rattle off the genre of movies, you have to say, "Well, you know, comic book movie, yeah, because it is probably the most successful genre of movies in the last twenty years."
0: Yeah, and not just Marvel movies. Or
1: Fifteen, let's say, yeah.
0: 15. and not just Marvel movies. You have the DC movies. You have right. Um, what else? You're going to have the the McFarlane stuff coming out. So, yeah.
1: um. I. I, I you know, I'm I'm glad I'm around for it. Me too. you know It's not so geeky or dorky to, to watch it anymore.
0: But no, it's it's not niche anymore. No, it, it's it's the culture. Yeah. Like you, like back when we were kids, we wouldn't want to wear our comic book or our Star Trek <laughs> shirts out. But now you're seeing dads and grandparents and kids and women right. and everybody's wearing their favorite hero or their favorite storyline. So it has become accepted in the culture, and it should be accepted in the in the award season too, because they're dominant. Like people are going to see these movies. Yeah. And I get like I get where like indie directors or like Luke Besson, for example, who uh, took a shit on Captain America because
1: it was comic book, but yeah, and he's made five comic book movies.
0: Exactly, and his last iteration was based <laughs> off of a graphic yeah. novel. So he comes out and he says, Oh well you're taking away from the smaller guys Well, if Marvel comes knocking on your door and says, We want you to direct a nova yeah. movie he's going to take it yeah yeah so you know the people who are bitching about it are the people who and, aren't getting noticed
1: and let's talk about who they've picked as directors i mean we're 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 veering away but we'll talk about Taika Waititi and we'll talk about a bunch of directors yeah. they weren't huge none of them were none of them they have used kind of one two shot guys that I don't know how they knew that they would be successful in pulling this because Taika Waititi you could see his like in, in uh, what they do in Shadows or I think that's yeah. the name of it right yeah
0: what they do in the Shadows
1: that that's funny and you could see his sense of humor in it but how you knew that he'd be able to pull off a franchise capper yeah and I, and or you know a trilogy capper
0: yeah the only other directing credit he had was Hunt for Wilder People right and that was I like that but it wasn't Thor yeah
1: so. I don't know how you know that he's capable of that. Yeah, and how, like, how does that interview process go? Like, what do you want to bring to? Because you could ask that now. It's like, yeah, what are you going to bring to us? You know, people, people aren't doing what you know George Lucas did in creating a franchise. The franchises are there, and they're they're sucking people into it. Yeah. So. I don't know. I don't know how you and like how do you know John Favreau is going to pull it off?
0: Exactly same thing with James Gunn who did yeah. Slither and Super. Yeah, you know what I mean. The Russos, you mean Dupree, and you know you have uh, Scott Derrickson who's doing smaller stuff, and Edgar Edgar Wright, yeah, who was uh, who was originally tied to Ant Man. So, so
1: I, I just don't know how they just know that that's going to work. How yeah. it all, it's all going to tie in? So and how they're going to pull it off? I guess it. I guess when they're not huge, they're at that level, Yeah, they can, they're can. they flexible to, to a point. So they could say, okay, well, you know, we need you to go in this direction because that's the story arc. Yeah. And they don't have the pull to, to change the overall story arc. They could change the movie, but they can't mess with the live. Yeah, they're... Like, you're not going to get... You're not going to get Scorsese in there because Scorsese is going to be like, "Well, this I'm going to change everything." Yeah,
0: everything needs to be DiCaprio and yeah. Nicholson.
1: I'm going to, you know, change the camera angles. People have to die. So many people have to die in it, and
0: Thor going to be Italian. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine?
1: By the way, yeah, I mean, and he's got too much pull and he, too much money, and yeah. so, you know, so yeah. I, I guess that that's why they get these these. The story's there, the foundation's there. They just need a guy that that you know pulls the right strings. Yeah. But the directors are doing great jobs, the writers are doing great jobs, and the actors are. No actors dropped the ball yet.
0: Yeah, and when you get something like a Taika Waititi, you get him in there. He's given the temple, like you said, but he get he's given freedom too. But like, yeah. if you have vision, we're five billion dollar company now. We have the we can do whatever we want. Yeah. So if you want a guy with knives on his hands, then we can do it. If you want to play a giant rock man, which he did, like he played Korg. Yeah. And Korg was one of the best parts of the entire yeah, movie. Of
1: course. And I think people know from the last uh, trailer. Yeah, he's been featured. Yeah, and you heard him talk. It's hilarious whenever he talks. So. Yeah.
0: And a lot of people don't know that Taika Waititi was in Green Lantern
1: yeah yeah i didn't really know that i mean i didn't pay any attention to i didn't know who taiko watiti was yeah i
0: i heard about him a couple years ago through a podcast and that was just (laughs) because i I love his name and it stuck with me but you get these these uh no names essentially yeah um and give them freedom to say listen we're a billion dollar studio we're backing you do what you want don't fuck up our character And And
1: what we're also seeing is with the actors, and we were talking about Chris Hemsworth. Actually, probably a funny guy.
0: Yeah, I'd want to hang out with him. Yeah,
1: but you're also seeing that in everybody else that's led a movie, like Tony Stark, is just you know, that's just uh, what's his name, Uh, Robert Robert Downey Downey Jr. Jr. Being Robert Downey Jr. And the same with like uh, Captain America. That that's pretty much uh, Chris Evans. being Chris Evans and
0: yeah Benedict Cumberbatch is Doctor Strange. He's yeah, a weird dude.
1: Yeah, he's if you he's Doctor Strange isn't that far from Sherlock. Nope, isn't that far from anything else he's done. Yeah, so no. you see, like they have, they're not the reason why that it fits is they're letting the actors they're finding the right actors that fit the part and not trying to like stretch them too far. Yeah, I agree. And even you know we can go we can go as far as you want. We can go to the ABC players and they you know falcon yeah. is great because
0: you know he's just but warriors three yeah you know what i mean you're getting you're getting characters that you it's a it's all it's a mixed bag of academy award winners yeah academy award nominees and then redemption stories yeah and then people who aren't anybody at the point where you get somebody like who people don't know facially like andy circus yeah and you put him in black panther and avengers uh Age of Ultron and you get Anthony Mackie like you said or uh, Paul Rudd yeah like, Paul Rudd was. Paul it, Rudd? I, I
1: think in all of this Paul Rudd might be my biggest surprise because yeah. I was going in not liking Paul Rudd not not expecting a lot and yeah, then and I come out like I think yeah. we saw Ant-Man together yeah, yeah.
0: Paul, Paul Rudd and Chris Pratt biggest surprise right. through through yeah. Marvel yeah. And, you know Chadwick Boseman was a, a, a gimme we all knew he was going to get Black Panther yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch was perfect for Doctor Strange and Chris Hemsworth is perfect for any Norse god yeah. he's perfect for he-man he's perfect for everything yeah. and you're going to see more chris hemsworth in the star trek universe because he's going to be uh james kirk in the next uh star wars movie yep or star trek movie i'm sorry star trek. um but let's it let's give it our our rating how many spaceships here at the galaxy wars are we going to give thor <laughs> out of thor, Ragnarok? out of
1: 10 out of five let's do out five. of five it definitely gets four and a half space four and like yeah. one hell Hull of a spaceship, yeah, four and a half. Yeah, and I'm, only because I don't know what's perfect. Yeah, I would give it five, but I don't know what is what's a perfect movie. So I'm
0: gonna go four and three quarters. Four spaceships and a pod ship, <laughs> and that's the three, that's the three quarters. Uh, funny, great action, great story building. Yeah. Uh, they didn't drop the ball. There wasn't a moment where I'm like, oh, that that joke didn't work. And the Easter eggs, if you like hunting for Easter eggs, you need to uh, yeah. definitely
1: check and them out. The 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 micro cameos are great. All yeah. the little oh, tiny cameos and all the newer players, like uh, Jeff Goldblum mm-hmm. and Tessa Thompson, uh, Tessa Thompson, was a beast. Great. Yeah, she was. We didn't um, even talk about her. She no. was amazing. So all those new players in this were great. So I, I yeah, across the board, there was absolutely nothing wrong with this
0: movie. You have redemption stories for characters that might have uh, been dropped, and more more character building for other people. Uh it's a definitely a must-see, and I think that the mid credit scenes yep. really shape the the next few few years yeah, for our, our yeah. comics.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So with that being said, you can follow us on all of our social medias. We try not to be a spoiler uh, <laughs> spoiler episode, so hopefully we did you justice. But follow us on all social media platforms at the Galaxy Wars Podcast and Twitter, uh, The Grays T H E G R Y S, and we are on SoundCloud and apple podcast under the galaxy wars podcast and uh we'll see you next time see you see you.